Welcome to Who Says No, the NBA Trade Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sam Quinn. Joining me as always, my favorite co-host, even if he's my only one, the man, the myth, as always, the hyphen, Colin Ward-Henninger. Colin, how you doing? I am doing great, Sam. You know why? Because you could find our podcast in the iTunes store right now. You could subscribe and review. It's a very exciting day. Well, not only can you, you can steal your friends' phones and you can do it for them. Like, I think you should commit some crimes to make this a more popular podcast. That's just me. But we have some very exciting news for you. We're going to break out today what we assume will be one of the main formats of our podcast, which is very simple. One of us is going to propose a fake trade, and the other is going to tell who says no. That's why we named that. That's why we named the show Who Says No. So is that what further, is that why we did that? I, I, we should have gone over that before we started. We the gave it a little bit of thought, as amazing as that is to to describe. We actually did think about this. <laughs> Who says so, no? With that in mind, we're going to dive right in. I have a fake trade that I've been thinking about. I'm going to say for like two months since maybe the end of the finals. I think it's very straightforward. It's very simple, and it helps both teams. So here we go, Colin. Who says no? The San Antonio Spurs send LaMarcus Aldridge to the Miami Heat for the expiring contracts of Kelly Olynyk and Andre Iguodala and a lottery-protected 2025 first-round pick. The caveat here is that to make that, trade, make that pick tradable, the Heat have to unprotect the 2023 pick they currently owe to the Thunder. I don't think they're weeping over that because they have Bam Adebayo, they have Tyler Hero, they have so many good young players right now that, you know, that pick probably isn't going to be in the top five or anything. So I don't think that's an issue. So before we dive into the whys and the hows and whatnot, Colin, who says no? You know who says no? The Miami Heat say no. And it's for the reasons you just mentioned. They have Bam Adebayo. They have Tyler Hero. Why are you giving up uh, a guy in Andre Guadal who clearly helped you make it to the NBA Finals and get LaMarcus Aldridge in return when you already have a, a starting center and, you know, a stretch five in Kelly Olynyk. I just I guess I don't see the the necessary value added to be giving up not only parts of your rotation, but also a future pick that could help you down the road. Talk me into why, if I'm the Miami Heat, I need LaMarcus Aldridge on my team. So here's my argument. And it revolves around one stat. The Heat were 4.9 points per 100 possessions, worse in the regular season offensively when Jimmy Butler was on the bench. In the playoffs, that jumped up to 11.4. The Heat, I mean, we would assume that Tyler Hero is going to get better, and that's going to make up some of that deficit. You know, Goran Dragic staying on the bench is probably going to help. But overall, I think we can safely say the Heat are a worse offensive team when Jimmy Butler isn't in the game. So adding some more firepower in that stretch five slot, like, Look, we like Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard is fine. I think you can improve upon that spot. If you have LaMarcus Aldridge, I think it's pretty safe to say you close most of that deficit when it comes to bench scoring. You obviously start him. He would start alongside Bam in the in the front court, but you would stagger him and Jimmy. You'd have more shooting. You'd have more, I hate to say shot creation because that's not what Aldridge does, but he can score for himself. He's not Myers Leonard. He's not just going to be parked behind the three-point line. The other thing is, if you do think they're going to make a James Harden trade down the line, can you imagine how good an offensive foursome of James Harden, Jimmy Butler, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Bam Adebayo would be? Like, that's the best offense in the NBA. What's LaMarcus Aldridge's contract situation here? Expiring contract, $24 million. 
the Heat actually save a little bit of money in this trade. The Spurs would be taking on some more, which isn't ideal since they're in the tax, but they can get under the tax by the trade deadline. That's not really a big issue. So the Heat are looking at this primarily as just a one-year upgrade. Whatever they do next offseason, I think we both assume they're going to chase Giannis. I mean, clearly they are. I don't know if they're going to get him, but Aldridge doesn't get in the way of that. He doesn't get in the way of a James Harden trade either. Obviously, you have one fewer pick to trade for Harden if that's what they're going to do. But generally speaking, I'm looking at this as a very straightforward. We are upgrading the Kelly Olenek slash Myers Leonard spot into LaMarcus Aldridge. And yeah, it hurts to lose Iguodala, but you just signed Mo Harkless. So you have that big, tough defensive wing already. I don't really see what the Heat are losing by doing this other than a first round pick. Well, let me address the Mo Harkless thing, because this is the same guy that that teams were just leaving wide open in the corner when he played for the Trailblazers and all those playoff years. So I, I don't. I do think you there is a significant difference between having Iguodala and having Harkless with all the things that Iguodala brings. Andre Iguodala is no splash brother. Like, let's make that clear. I'm not, not talking about Harkless, but, but he does he does shoot better in the playoffs, and he brings all these other aspects that that Harkless doesn't bring in terms of ball handling and you know basketball IQ and creation, and all that stuff. I don't think the Heat are lacking for basketball IQ. I don't think the Heat are lacking for shot creation. Like, there are teams where I think these would be meaningful concerns. But I think all they need out of that slot is somebody who can defend bigger threes and fours. And Harkless can do that. And here's my other thing. So you're talking about how this is kind of a, you know, a one-year upgrade then kind of forget, you know, figure it out next offseason. So if you're getting Aldridge, can we also get, you know, Patty Mills or Rudy Gay? I think Rudy Gay would be an interesting replacement for Iguodala. Uh, you'd have to wait a while, but you could throw Myers Leonard in the deal as well. Uh, once that's available to them, then you get Myers Leonard, Iguodala, Olenek, and that pick for Rudy Gay and LaMarcus Aldridge. Is that I, something you want to do if you're loading up to try to win this year? Because both those contracts are expiring. Well, that's feasible. I think the only issue is the Heat very intentionally structured their contracts in such a way that they would have a bunch of expiring salary through these team options to offer Milwaukee for Giannis in free agency next year. Because as it stands right now, they aren't going to have max cap space. They gave that up when they signed Bam Adebayo to an extension. So they need to have some expiring salary to send to Milwaukee if they're going to go after Giannis. Now, Goran Dragic is a nice start. You know, as long as you have him, you're, you're close enough. But that makes things a little more complicated. It makes things harder if you're going to trade for James Harden at the deadline. So, yes, I mean, if you wanted to throw Rudy Gay in there and Myers Leonard as well, it's doable, but it kind of complicates your bigger move if that's what you're going to do next. And then, but also you need to think like, what if Giannis signs that extension? You know, then what are you looking at? Well, I think if Giannis signs the extension, the Heat still have James Harden on the table, right? Like, we don't know how, I don't want to say we don't know how interested. They're very interested, but we don't know how aggressive they're going to be on the Harden front. We've heard Bradley Beal stuff. Like, they're going to pursue a star of some kind in the next year, two years, whatever. I think they're going to be pretty cautious about maintaining expiring salary, but okay. Like, let's say you do make the Rudy Gay version of this trade. Then you wait out the 60 day aggregation window and then boom, you can trade Rudy Gay again. So I don't look at that as any sort of major impediment. And you're right. Like Rudy Gay is better than Myers Leonard. If the heat wanted to include that swap, sure. It would make them better from the Spurs perspective. I just, I look at trading Aldridge is beneficial from the standpoint of he takes 15 shots per game and you have a bunch of young guys that need to shoot getting him off of the roster probably helps your developmental process for everybody else. You know, Kelly Olynyk replicates the spacing that Aldridge brings. He's obviously not as complete an offensive player, but 
But having a shooting big man, if you're looking at it and saying, DeJounte Murray's not a great shooter. Derek White is kind of an inconsistent shooter. We'd like to have more spacing. Olenek does that. And they went after Andre Iguodala in 2017. Like, he's a Greg Popovich favorite. I don't know if he'd want to be in San Antonio, but I think San Antonio would love to have him for a year. So would you think you you think that the Spurs, from the Spurs perspective, they would want to do this at the beginning of the year or they would want to wait until, you know, the deadline or, or a little bit later in the season to see kind of where they're shaking out? Because I still contend that that the Spurs are going to be in the playoff picture. And I think if that's the case, they might have a hard time trading away Aldridge, um, you know, for a guy, you know, for Olenek and Iguodala who might not significantly help them make the playoffs. Because I do think that that is... I don't think they have any interest in bottoming out. I think they, they want to stay competitive. And then if, you know, an Aldridge and DeRozan end up leaving, hopefully, you know, DeJounte Murray and Derek White and their younger guys can kind of step up and keep that, you know, keep the torch yeah. or whatever. I think if we're being realistic, this is probably a deadline move, a move where, like, let's say we get to the deadline and the Spurs are in 12th in the West, which maybe they won't be. We don't know. Like, we would think that they're sort of in the bottom third, but we don't know exactly where. So maybe they'd want to wait to the deadline and see, you know, give Popovich that chance to maybe make it back into the playoffs and retire with some dignity. But if I were running the Spurs, I would just be thinking getting to the bottom of the West right now is so doable. And this is such a good draft class we have coming that I would just hit the fast forward button and say, why are we waiting three months to do something that we know that we're going to do eventually? Why would we let Aldridge leave for free and free agency next year? when We can get a first round pick to get him now. I just think it's something that makes sense with the actual organizational direction they should be taking. We don't know how, how eager they are to tank, but they're going to tank eventually. Well, that was going to be my next question is what, uh, what is Aldridge's future with the Spurs? Is there any chance that they're going to re-sign him next offseason? Because if they're not, obviously that makes the, you know, getting rid of him um, a much better idea. Cause like you said, you want to get something for him before he walks away for nothing. But so- it, would he be a guy that they'd be interested in bringing back and kind of continuing to run with these uh, these younger guys as they progress? This is an interesting question because, I mean, I hate to say this about any player, but how interested does LaMarcus Aldridge seem in winning, like in the grand scheme of things? Because he has asked for a trade before. That was in 2017 when the Spurs were coming off of a Western Conference Finals appearance, right? Like clearly his issue the last time he asked for a trade was he wanted a better role. He wanted more shots. He wanted to more comfortably consider himself the fulcrum of the offense in Miami, that wouldn't be the case. So we don't know how comfortable he would be with the heat. We don't know how much winning matters to him. So I guess I wouldn't rule out him staying with the Spurs, right? If they just are willing to say, sure, LaMarcus, take your 15 shots a game. Like we don't really care. He might stay. He might just be comfortable there. We don't know if he's the kind of guy who's going to want to chase a ring, but it makes more sense for a guy his age to leave in free agency for a team that can win, right? Like, For the most part, when we think about guys in their mid-30s playing on lottery teams, when their contract expires, they usually leave. And we also, so here's the other thing with, in terms of Aldridge, his role is changing, right? So last year, three three three-point attempts a game, 39%. Like, if you're doing that as a seven-footer with all the other skills that he has, I think if he can continue that this season or, or even improve upon it, shoot more threes and, and hit at the same percentage, I think the Spurs might be looking at a better haul than than what you're proposing from the from the Heat. So if if they do end up waiting, which I think they should, just to see, you know, kind of properly assess his trade value based on the the kind of smaller sample size of his three point shooting last year. If they do that, I think that there could be some other contenders that come to the table with a little bit better offers. 
my counter to that is that he's 35, he has an expiring contract, and he makes $24 million. How many contenders have $24 million in matching salary lying around, right? Like, the Heat are sort of unique in this regard because they made the jump from, you know, underwhelming, mediocre team to contender so quickly that they have this matching salary lying around. Like, who else is going to be able to do this? Who else Golden, is going to be able Golden to State Warriors? So what's your trade then? Like, the Spurs aren't taking on Wiggins, are they? If anyone can turn Wiggins around, it's Greg Popovich. Uh, I mean, maybe, Popovich does love his mid-range jumpers. Maybe a Kelly Oubre, if that doesn't work out. You know, it's uh, the him and Wiggins are kind of positionally redundant. Uh, maybe throw him in there, you know, something like that. So I'm like kind that. of skeptical of that because without Clay Thompson, I think for now, we assume that Golden State isn't a title contender. So why are they giving up somebody young for somebody old, especially when that older player is on an expiring contract? Well, this yeah, this is obviously under – we were talking about contenders. This is under the, the – idea that they think uh, they're in a position to actually contend uh, around the, you know, the trade deadline or, or somewhere before that, uh, which, you know, they're spending a ton of money. I think they're going to want to do as well as they possibly can. So, I mean, one other team we can throw out there, and I don't know that this makes much sense from a defensive perspective. What about a Portland homecoming? Because they do have some matching salary, right? Like we've talked about the Rodney Hood non-guaranteed deal. That gets them a good chunk of the way there. Like they have too many forwards. Yusuf Nurkic is another offensive leading big. You know, they made a real investment in defense with Covington and with Derek Jones this offseason. I don't know. Like, maybe they'd like that homecoming story. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the thing I'm, I'm getting at is that eventually, you know, some dark horse might come out of nowhere and just kind of be like, you know, uh, maybe, I don't know, some team that we aren't even envisioning, like the Grizzlies or somebody like that decides that they want to get in on this. You know, some some. I guess my, from the Spurs perspective, I love perspective, the Pelicans. The Pelicans, yeah, you know anyone like it. Well, they have Stephen Adams now is locked up for the center yeah, for well, the Marcus future. Yeah, Marcus Aldridge is better than Stephen Adams, so there you go. <laughs> would, would the Spurs be interested in, in taking on Stephen Adams? I don't, never say never with Popovich and foreign guys, right? Yeah, but they also, I mean, Jakob Pertl. I'm excited for the Jakob Pertl starting center minutes if this trade does go down. So I'll pose it in this direction as some as sort of a conclusion. Let's say we get to the deadline. The Spurs are, I don't know, 11th in the West. Like, maybe they could make the play-in, but they're not looking like a firm playoff team. And the Heat are kind of in that second, third, fourth range in the East. Like, below the Bucks, maybe not favorites, but clearly have a chance to make the finals again. At that point, who says no? I still think the Heat say no, but it's it's obviously a much better uh, a scenario than doing it right now, I would imagine. What about I, you? you? You just pull the trigger on this. I personally would. I think it helps both teams. If you had to ask me, like, who says no to this, I kind of lean the Spurs just because the Spurs never make trades. So if they're going to make one, it has to be such a slam dunk. I don't know that Greg Popovich is looking at Aldridge and thinking we're letting him go no matter what. Like, I think he's looking at this young core and saying, okay, this might be a bumpy ride, but maybe a year down the line we can be a playoff team again. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think the laws that govern most teams really apply to the Spurs. So I think it would be easy to say, oh, he's 35, he's expiring, get rid of him. I don't think that's how the Spurs think. So I think ultimately they would probably be the team that says no. But I would do this. I think it helps both teams. I would want I would want Rudy Gay if I'm giving up Iguodala. I just I, I have a hard time giving up wings for big men. Like I well, just 
Yeah. That's doable, right? And he's an expiring contract, too. I don't think the Spurs are too attached to him. Yeah. But then uh, you have to ask, quick, are the Heat willing to do it? Well, if it's just Myers Leonard, like, Aldridge is making him redundant anyway. But you're giving up Leonard and Olenek, so you're losing kind of your your depth at the center position. If, well, you know, something should happen to Bam, then you're playing, like, Chris Silva or Well, that's what happened in the finals, and they still won two games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And if you have Aldridge, like, you don't need Olenek or Leonard. Like, he's taking up both of their minutes. I guess guess I'm getting at, like, the depth issue. Like, if something were to happen to Aldridge, who is, as you mentioned, 35 or... But Aldridge is also insurance against, like, say, Jimmy gets hurt. He's out for three games of a playoff series. You have somebody else on the roster who can get you 24 consistent, steady points if absolutely need be. Right. So it, basically what you're getting at is like you're getting another guy like. Yeah, exactly. Which it was pretty clear that the Heat need. I mean, I know they were banged up and Dragic wasn't playing and all that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was pretty clear that they needed a, another guy. <laughs> They're one person short. Well, I, we don't know how good the Lakers are because right now they look like world beaters. But well, they have Taylor Horton Tucker. So they have everybody's MVP, been looking Horton Tucker. Everybody's been looking for that third star on the Lakers. I think we got it finally. Is LeBron going to become the third star on that team as he ages and Horton Tucker becomes the true MVP? I think I think so. They're just going to bypass the Anthony Davis area. Just LeBron's well, going to hand the torch right to THT. Right. It's it's like when they were chasing Kawhi and LeBron was saying, "No, no, I'll defer." Well, now he's going to defer defer to Taylor Horton Tucker. That <laughs> is a right. That's a great place place to close. Just THT hype. Do you think THT's trade value is at an all time high? Should they just try to deal him right now? I was really looking on Twitter during his 33-point explosion for somebody saying, can the Lakers offer him for James Harden? I'm really impressed that no Lakers fan tried that. <laughs> I would, I, I bet if you scoured a little bit harder, you could definitely find it. And, and a Lakers fan saying they would never do it. That's the, that's the right place to close. I don't think we can get more <laughs> than that. So go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Review, subscribe. We like five stars. Colin, pleasure as always. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Sam. Appreciate it, man.